Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Happening now, breaking news. Hamas releases 11 more civilian hostages from Gaza on this, the fourth day of the temporary truce. At this hour, eight children and three adult women are back in Israel, where hospitals are preparing to treat them after more than seven weeks in captivity. The pause in hostilities has officially been extended for two additional days, opening the door for more releases. But there are new questions right now about this very fragile agreement. Also tonight, my special interview with the uncle of a 13-year-old hostage who was freed on Saturday without, repeat, without her mother, despite demands from Israeli officials. Welcome to our viewers in the United States and around the world. I'm Wolf Blitzer in Tel Aviv, Israel, and you're in the Situation Room. This is CNN Breaking News. The breaking news this hour. Moments ago, Israeli hostages began arriving at the hospitals here in Tel Aviv just hours after Hamas released 11 more civilians from Gaza. With a trace of extension now in effect, we expect additional captives to come home in the immediate days ahead. CNN correspondents are standing by here in the Middle East as well as back in Washington. They have new details. First, let's, uh, let's hear from CNN's Oren Lieberman, who has a closer look at all of today's very dramatic developments. A nation celebrates once again as more Israeli women and children feel freedom. Fragile truce now extended by 48 hours, sealed with the release of hostages. <laughs> Already, some of the freed hostages, like Margalit Moses, are being discharged from the hospitals, ready to head home. <laughs> I need to tell you how amazing you are, really, for everything you have done. Meanwhile, others rejoice in their first moments of reunion. Mayan Zin waited 51 days to see her two daughters. Among those freed over the weekend, four-year-old Israeli-American Avigail Edan, still the only U.S. citizen to be released from Gaza. All of Monday's group from the devastated community of Near Oz. The truce agreement now set to be extended by two days. Hamas will release another 20 Israeli women and children, and Israel will release 60 Palestinian women and children from prison. Humanitarian aid will flow into Gaza, and the temporary ceasefire will last a bit longer. We will return to fighting. We will apply the same force and more. Therefore, this is the mission now. The pause revealing a hellscape in parts of northern Gaza with barely a building left untouched. A few days of quiet in the devastated Palestinian territory 
does not mean any peace. I came from the north. There is nothing left in the north. The north has become a large plain. Nobody knows where their houses are. We don't know what happened to us. Overnight, we became displaced from the north to the south. Aid trucks are bottlenecked at the gate to Gaza, meager relief for the crushing humanitarian crisis beyond the border. In the occupied West Bank, Palestinians have rallied as women and children have been released. But according to the Palestinian Prisoners Society, nearly twice as many have been detained as have been set free since Friday. At best, this remains an uneasy truce between two sides that vow to keep fighting as the sun sets on the first stage of this agreement. And Oren Lieberman is with me here in Tel Aviv. Oren, what do we know about the locations of these 11 hostages who have just been released? Wolf, we saw that video a moment ago. That was one of the helicopters landing at the Ichilov Hospital, which actually isn't that far away from us right now. That, according to the Ministry of Health, is where today's group of 11, three women, eight children, are being taken today. We also heard from the IDF a short time ago that a number of other helicopters left Kerem Shalom. They'll also be headed to this hospital. They've undergone their first group uh, or their first batch, I should say, of preliminary health checks to make sure they're okay. Obviously, they'll follow up on those checks as they get here, and that will include not only physical health checks, but also mental health checks. One more point that's worth making here. When this process began, Israel released a list of 300 names, Palestinian women and children, who could be released from Israeli jails in exchange for the release of prisoners. The Prime Minister's office just added 50 women to that list, saying they too could be released if this process continues and if more Israeli hostages are released. We know the process will continue for at least 48 hours. It seems Israel is at least preparing for the possibility of it continuing beyond that. It will require a massive diplomatic effort to get there, but at least some of the pieces appear to be moving into place. No guarantees yet, but a tremendous amount of international effort will try to get it over that line. First, of course, Wolf, Let's see the next 48 hours. Yeah, let's see what happens in the 48 hours, and let's hope all of those hostages eventually come home, and home soon. It's very important. Oren Lieberman reporting for us. Oren, thank you very much. Right now, I want to bring in uh, CNS Jeremy Diamond. He's over at a key border crossing where the hostages were brought back into Israel today. Jeremy, what did you see today, and what's the status of these freed hostages right now? Well, Wolf, we have witnessed uh, Israeli hostages leaving, coming into Israel via this Karim Shalom crossing and entering Israel via motorcade convoy uh, the first two nights uh, of this hostage release scheme. But tonight, Wolf, was the first night that we saw helicopters landing at the Karim Shalom border crossing and then taking off uh, shortly thereafter with hostages aboard uh, and landing later on at Ichilov Hospital in Tel Aviv. Wolf, we saw these helicopters coming in right by our position landing at Karim Shalom uh, before depart departing shortly thereafter. This is actually the second night in a row, Wolf, that uh, these hostages have been brought directly into Israel from the Gaza Strip, bypassing that initial stop in Egypt via the Rafah crossing. Uh, yesterday, we saw that that happened near central Gaza, but today happening at this Karim Shalom crossing, which has actually been shut down between Israel and Gaza since that attack on October 7th. Uh, so a, a very notable moment, a very notable development in the way in which these hostages are being brought back into Israel. Now, uh, we know that these uh, hostages are now being brought to a hospital, but uh, where they are uh, going to face 
all kinds of care, psychological, medical, etc. The question now, Wolf, is how will this uh, continue over the coming days? We know that that truce has now been extended for two additional days to allow for the release of 20 additional civilian hostages. But then questions remain about the days to come after that. We know that Hamas does not have all of those hostages in its captivity, that others are with uh, other militant groups as well. So a lot of questions about their ability to bring them in. And Jeremy, what's the situation inside Gaza for civilians during this temporary truce? Well, Wolf, these last four days have offered a much-needed respite for the people of Gaza who have suffered a continuous uh, non-stop bombardment over more than seven weeks inside the Gaza Strip. It has been an opportunity for people inside of Gaza to kind of take stock of uh, what they have left, to bury their dead in some cases, and to try and retrieve belonging, belongings from their homes, some of which, of course, have been turned to rubble. Uh, but there, are, there have been hundreds of aid, aid trucks that have been able to enter Gaza Gaza uh, in recent days, uh, also providing much needed aid, including in the northern part of the Gaza Strip, which, you know, has not seen much aid enter it uh, until this uh, humanitarian pause went into effect. Much more aid, Wolf, could still come in uh, if this truce is extended. Yeah, good point. Uh, Jeremy Diamond reporting for us. Jeremy, thank you. Uh, no Americans are among the hostages released today, something I pressed a key White House national security official on earlier in the day. Here's John Kirby. Listen. It's difficult to know and to ascertain specifically how they go about making up these lists. We are working very, very hard to keep this flow of hostages going. We're glad to see that there's a two-day extension, and we certainly would hope uh, that in the next two days, uh, in this next uh, couple of installments, that we'll see some Americans coming out. All right, let's go to Washington right now, where our chief national security correspondent Alex Marquardt is joining us. Alex, what more can you tell us about why American hostages weren't released today and where the U.S. goes from here in order to try to get them home? Well, Wolf, you can certainly sense the disappointment from the Biden administration. There was an expectation that during this four days of pause, when these 50 women and children were to be released, that those um, Americans would get released at the same time. There was an expectation, President Biden said this several times, that three Americans would get released during those four days. There was young Abigail Adan, the four-year-old, she turned four in captivity, and, and two American women. That did not happen. Now, you heard uh, John Kirby there confirm to you that no Americans were released today, talking about how he hopes the flow of, of, of uh, uh, hostages will keep coming. There's certainly uh, a hope from the Biden administration that during these two extra days, that not only will more aid go into Gaza, that more hostages were released, but specifically that these two American women will be released as well. You have to imagine that Hamas understands the value of these hostages, understands the value and the potential of holding on to these American hostages so that they can get more of a pause. And Wolf, certainly the Biden administration is applying pressure to Hamas to get these American hostages released. Uh, we know that earlier today, uh, President, uh, that Secretary of State Antony Blinken spoke with his Qatari counterpart. We also know that over the holiday weekend uh, that President Biden spoke with both the Emir of Qatar uh, as well as the Prime Minister of Israel about this extension in the pause and about getting those American, Americans home, Wolf. All right, Alex Marquardt reporting from Washington. Thank you. Coming up, I'll get reaction to the latest hostage release and the extended truce from a senior advisor to the Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu. Also ahead, 
my special interview with the uncle of a 13-year-old little girl released from Hamas captivity, but without her mother. Why Israel says that's a clear-cut violation of their agreement. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. You're watching CNN's breaking news coverage of the Israel-Hamas truce, now extended by an additional two days as more hostages are released. Let's uh, bring in uh, Mark Regev. He's a senior advisor to the Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu. Mark, thanks very much for joining us. These 11 Israeli hostages, first of all, what, if anything, can you tell us about their condition? So obviously they've just arrived and they go through thorough medical uh, inspections when they arrive. We want to make sure that they're okay. And of course, uh, psychological, we have to see how they are uh, uh, from the point of view of, of of, of their psychological state after being over 50 days hostages held by Hamas. It can't be easy, especially for the children. We can presume they've gone through a level of trauma. So the uh, temporary truce has now officially been extended for, what, another two days, another 48 hours. What's it going to take from Israel's perspective to extend it even more, to keep this truce going? So there's a cabinet decision from last week which said four days as agreed, four days at the beginning. So the first four days have now over. Yes. 50 hostages, that finished tonight. And then it was open-ended in that Israel agrees to the continuation of this special humanitarian pause each day for 10 hostages. So in many ways you could say Hamas is going to decide how long this humanitarian pause lasts, lasts for, because as long as they keep releasing hostages 10 a day, the humanitarian, humanitarian pause will continue. So people who want to see the pause continue should be putting pressure on Hamas, continue to release hostages. CNN has confirmed that there are nine American hostages still being held by Hamas in Gaza. Uh, what's it going to take to get those nine American hostages out? That you have to ask Hamas. They're, they're, they're deciding who's coming out. There are, at the moment, the criteria is to give a preferential treatment to children and women uh, for obvious reasons. And I think that will continue for the time being. And I don't know. I remember the Americans talking about there were two women uh, amongst the, the Americans. And so maybe they'll be coming soon. I hope so. Why do you think only one has been released so far? That you have to ask Hamas. 
But do you think there's a political decision on the part of Hamas or anything? It's very difficult sometimes to read Hamas. Uh, the only thing we can say for certain, Wolf, is that they are brutal and they are fanatical. We saw today they released twins, three-year-olds. Who, what sort of people kidnap three-year-olds? I mean, you have to be sick. You have, there has to be something wrong with you. And unfortunately, that's the enemy we're dealing with. And you have to have nerves of steel uh, to deal with these people. Every time we get one of these releases, it's like pulling teeth. It's never easy. There are always last-minute issues, always last-minute problems. Hamas is a terribly difficult interlocutor. Israel's defense minister, Yoav Gallant, and you probably know this, says the military will fight with even stronger force when combat resumes against Hamas. Is there any concern that these sorts of comments could disrupt a continuation of the release of hostages? On the contrary. This, when the fear that Hamas has of Israel resuming combat actually is in, an incentive for them to continue with the pause because they know that when Israel goes back to the campaign against Hamas, we'll be destroying their military infrastructure, we'll be uh, uh, taking out and eliminating their senior leadership, uh, their senior command. They will be on the receiving end of massive blows from the IDF and that motivates them now to keep this time out, this humanitarian pause to go longer. So actually the two goals of destroying Hamas militarily and at the same time getting hostages out, they complement each other. On a different re but related matter, there's an increased amount of violence unfolding right now in the West Bank. Israeli settlers are going after Palestinians right now. You've seen all those reports. Very disturbing. President Biden has even complained about what's going on in the West Bank. How concerned are you about this? The, the Prime Minister has spoken about this, and he says he opposes 100% any vigilante violence. And he, he's gone to the settlers themselves, and he said this has to stop. And he, and he, he said the police and, and the law enforcement community will bring people who break the law uh, um, uh, to justice. Uh, he says, though, it's, it's important not to blame the entire settlement community. The overwhelming majority are, are law-abiding, tax-paying citizens. They're good people. There's a small minority who are involved in these activities. No tolerance for them. But, Wolf, if one looks at violence on the West Bank, it's not, it, it's not even matched. Well, the terrorist violence, killed some of them. But that, if you look at the terror coming from the Palestinians, and what are we doing today? You've got, unfortunately, you've got Hamas cells across, uh, across the West Bank. And we've been preempting. We've been arresting people in the middle of the night. We've been taking out Hamas extremists, dealing with the terrorists there to keep the situation calm. And compared to what's going on in Gaza, we're succeeding. We're managing to keep the level of violence in the West Bank low, and that's a good thing. Let's hope it stays low. So Key word low. Mark yeah. Reger, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, there's more uh, breaking news we're following, including my emotional, very special interview with the uncle of a young teenage girl released by Hamas this weekend without, repeat, without her mother. We're following breaking news here in the Middle East. The newly extended truce between Israel and Hamas, with Hamas releasing more hostages, Israel is handing over Palestinians in its custody. CNN's Nima Al-Bagher reports Israeli law allows Palestinian prisoners to be detained indefinitely without a trial or formal charges. The moment a mother finally sees her daughter for the first time after eight years in an Israeli prison. The relief, the anguish, the utter joy. Melek Salman was part of the first wave of hostage-prisoner exchange between Israel and Hamas. 
It was painful because I was leaving the sisters I made inside prison, and I feel like my freedom was paid for with the blood of the 14,000 Gazans killed. Melek, then 16, was charged with an attempted stabbing of Israelis. Israeli authorities say no one was injured, and yet she was convicted of attempted murder and sentenced to 10 years. When her family appealed, it came down to nine. Melek served almost eight of those years, spending the remainder of her teenage years behind bars. Her family maintains her innocence. Fatina, Melek's mother, had dreamed of this day for years, to embrace her daughter, to share that joy with her community. She says this was denied. The Israeli authorities were with us from 2 p.m. They surrounded the house and ripped down the decorations of any display of celebration. They stole the joy of my daughter's release. To be released doesn't mean you are fully free. Israeli National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gavir, who was himself found guilty in 2007, before he was a minister, of incitement to racism against Arabs and supporting a terror organization, Ben-Gavir instructed Israeli forces to use an iron fist, preventing Palestinians from celebrating the release of their loved ones, saying the prisoners were terrorists. Expressions of joy are support for terrorism. Celebrations of victory give strength to those same human scum, those Nazis. The policy here is very, very, very clear. Not to allow these expressions of joy and resolutely strive to make contact and stop any support for these Nazis. Another night, another scene of Israeli forces removing well-wishers and journalists at the home of a released Palestinian prisoner, taking a heavy-handed approach as ordered by their national security minister. In Bethlehem, in the occupied West Bank, they were able to defy Ben-Gavir, celebrating the release of Fatma Shaheen and others from the city. Fatma left her home walking, and returned almost seven months later with life-changing injuries. Shot by Israeli soldiers and accused of attempted murder. They accused me of carrying out a stabbing. It's not true. They opened fire on me. I was hit in the spine with two bullets. Two vertebrae were damaged. They replaced them with titanium. I cannot feel my legs or stand up. They also removed five centimeters from my liver and one kidney. For months, Fatma's family say they were denied access, even as her detention stretched on. It was forbidden for my relatives to visit me, or even the lawyers. I was not allowed to make any calls. Israel says Fatma attempted murder, and yet she was only detained, not charged. She didn't go to trial. She wasn't given any opportunity to defend herself. And this is a story we keep hearing again and again from released prisoners, that they aren't given due process, and yet this crime exists alongside their names. The Israeli prison service responded to these allegations, saying national security prisoners who were released from the Israeli prison during the past two days were serving time for serious crimes, such as attempted murder, assault, and throwing explosives. All prisoners in IPS custody are held according to the law. That's not true. CNN broke down the numbers in a list of 300 Palestinian prisoners identified by Israel as eligible for release. 80% are listed as just detained, which means they have not been formally sentenced. Israel operates two systems of law in the occupied territories. Palestinians under the military 
Israelis under civil law, creating a low bar for the arrest of increasing numbers of Palestinians. And as Israeli hardliners like Ben Gavir and others in this far-right government seek to characterize every Palestinian as a terrorist, that number is rising every day. Na'mal Bagher, CNN, Jerusalem. And thanks to CNN's Nimal Bagher for that report. And this just coming in right now, according to the Israeli prison service, 33 Palestinian prisoners have been released today. We're following all the breaking news, uh, but coming up next, my interview with Yair Rotem. His niece, Hila Rotem Shoshani, was released from Gaza on Saturday without her mother, despite demands from Israeli officials to keep parents and children together. Watch this. I know this is a very emotional, very sensitive time for you and your loving family. Uh, and obviously, if there's anything very sensitive you don't want to discuss, we totally, totally, of course, understand. You're here at this hospital in Ramat Gan. This is a major hospital uh, outside of Tel Aviv because your 13-year-old little uh, niece, Hila, is here. She was released. She was a hostage. She was released by Hamas. She was supposed to be released together with her mother, your sister, Raya. But Raya is still being held by Hamas. So what goes through your mind? What's, what goes through my mind is uh, what is the reason for not uh, releasing my uh, sister as well? I mean, they were held in captivity together with another girl called Emily that was kidnapped with them. They were together in the same place. The, agreements, the agreement between Hamas and Israel says that you don't separate kids from their parents. And Hamas just ignored that and just chose to release Hila and Emily without Raya, which is Hila's uh, mother. Which is a clear violation of this agreement. According to the IDF, they said it was specific in the agreement that if little children are with their mothers, the mothers have to be released together with the little children. So let us walk through uh, when you, you reconnect with your niece Hila. How did that feel? It feels great. Um, first of all, to, to just see her with, with my own eyes, to see that she's not hurt. She's, to see that she communicates, that she's not hurt in any way. She can smile. Uh, she talks to me. She hugs me. So I feel it's the same kid. She's a little bit uh, distant now. She's a little bit cold. Uh, she talks about things that happen like it's in third person, like it happened to someone else. Uh, she says she saw horrible things, but she says it with a straight face. Um, it's like she's describing a scene from a movie that she's, she watched somewhere. How were you informed that uh, your niece has, has now been freed? Yeah, they just told us the names um, the night before that. So we knew my, my niece is going to uh, be released, and we knew that my sister is not on the list. 100% she was supposed to be released together with her mother, not separate. And she is here now, your niece, in this hospital in Ramat Gan. Yes, Sila is here in Ramat Gan. We're taking care of her. Uh, we have a wonderful uh, staff here in the Safra Medical Hospital in Tel Shomer. They're doing everything to help us. They have a whole team of doctors and psychologists and uh, PTSD um, experts and uh, you know nothing is, is, is left behind. They're taking really good care of her. And she's now celebrating today, is that true, her 13th birthday? 
Yeah, today is Hila's 13th birthday. She knows it's her birthday. Yeah, of course. Actually, I, I was surprised to, to see that she knows. Like, I thought maybe she doesn't even know what day it is. And she said, no, from the first day, uh, we, we counted the days. So, so we know um, what, what date it is. And this must be so sad for her, knowing that her mother is still being held hostage. Uh, you've, you've talked to her about this. Yes, I talked to her about this. She, she doesn't cry but she tells me everything in a really cold way. Uh, she tells me, yeah, mother is here, and they came and they took us, and um, they didn't give us a lot of time to prepare, but I had time to give her a hug, and Raya, my sister, her mother, was crying when the girls, the children left, and um, yeah, that's how it ended. And Raya is still there. And how is she doing? Hila is, uh, is doing okay. She's uh, physically okay. Um, she speaks, uh, she answers questions when we ask her, even about uh, some, some bad things that she saw. She tells us everything that you know. She tells us uh, the story of how they got uh, um, kidnapped from their home. Tell us about that. What happened on that day, October 7th, that Saturday morning? So October 7th, Saturday morning, we woke up to the sounds of, um, I think it was Iron Dome probably intercepting Hamas missiles. And then we also have alarms in our kibbutz, Beri. So everybody went to the safe rooms. And pretty quickly, we started to get messages in the different WhatsApp groups of people saying, we have terrorists here. They are in my house. I hear shooting. That person is dead. This person's uh, fire is on, uh, house is on fire. Uh, help, my house is being uh, set on fire. Uh, I can't breathe. Where is the army? And you were there at Beri, at that kibbutz, together with your sister and your niece? Yes, I was there, but I was, I was in my home and they were in their apartment. So um, my house, uh, the terrorists didn't get to my house. I locked myself in the safe room and my sister in her house, she locked herself in the safe room. And, but the terrorists came and they went in the house and she probably as assessed her chances and she thought uh, I'll, I might as well give up and this way maybe I, I save myself from dying. So she decided to not fight with the terrorists. Uh, they probably opened the safe room door without any problem and she, she just uh, gave up and uh, went out with the two girls. And they, she actually uh, prepared some shoes for them to wear because they, she sensed that they're gonna be kidnapped because there were messages in the other groups as well. So when you say the two girls, you mean Hila and Emily? Yes, Emily Hand. Emily Hand. She was with, together with Hila the whole time. Yes, they were together while they were kidnapped. They were walked through the kibbutz, through some neighborhood, and eventually they got into a car and they squeezed them into a car. With, she said there were like 10 terrorists on the car. And uh, they were sitting on them and on the side with the doors open straight to Gaza. She saw places she knew in, in, near our kibbutz on the way. This is what Hila told you? Yeah. And then she was held uh, hostage, uh, captive for what, almost 50 days. And then finally she's released and she has to say goodbye to her mother because her, your sister, your, her mother, uh, is being held still to this day. Yeah, that's right. She, she had to just say goodbye to her mother. She don't know what is going to happen with her mother. The mother doesn't know what happens with Hila. I, I'm sure my sister, Hila's mother, don't know what's going to be next. Are they going to set her free? Are they going to jail her again? Are they going to murder her? It's such a painful experience and my heart goes out to you and your, your family. 
going through, what you're going, every minute must be so painful just thinking about this. Yeah, it is, it's, it's really nerve-wracking and, you know, things we have to deal with. If you, you can see my eyes are uh, a little red because I'm just, uh, you know, dealing with, with messages and interviews all the time to trying to uh, pressure the international community to, to help us in this situation, to talk with Hamas and tell them stop this thing. It's not right, it's not human, it's a cynical abuse, it's cynical violation of, of the agreement. And, uh, you know, I, I do whatever I can, you know, but I, unfortunately I'm not the mediator. Uh, Qatar and Egypt are, so they are the ones who need to press Hamas. Are you convinced that Israel, the United States, and everyone else is doing enough to try to reunite this mother and daughter? Judging by the, the results, they're not doing enough because there was a, viola a violation of the agreement. So where is my sister now? I urge all the parties involved to pressure Hamas to just respect the deal, respect their agreement, do whatever they need, uh, do the right human thing, you know, not be cynical, show us that we can do business with them, you know, when, when we're talking about ceasefire, you know, then we need to respect it, they need to respect it, stop playing those games. And you heard their, uh, their excuse, Hamas, that they didn't know where the mother was. Yeah, that is ridiculous because Hila and Emily, the first thing that they saw, that they said when they met me was, yeah, we've been with, with uh, Raya the whole time, my sister. And Hila also told me, look at my hair, my, uh, my mother cut it for me when we're in captivity. So they were together and, uh, you know. I know there's a fear out there that other children still being held by Hamas will be released, but their parents, their mothers, their fathers will continue to be held uh, hostage by Hamas. What do you think about that? Well, it's really heartbreaking. I mean, well, they already did it once. What prevents them from doing it twice or three times, you know? We see that uh, they have no problem of violating the agreement. Yair, is there a final thought you want to share with all of our viewers right now about what's going on? So today is Hila's 13th birthday. We hope that she will celebrate it with her mother in Israel. That thing was about to happen, but then Hamas decided to break the agreement and to violate it. So Aya is not here now. She's still in Gaza, and he lies here, and she's celebrating without her mother. That's the only thought I have in my head now, and, you know, my heart goes to her. And my special thanks to Yair Rotem for that interview, and we'll be right back with more news. The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. Celebrities of all kinds are speaking publicly about their therapeutic trips, so to speak. It turns out there is a burgeoning industry ready to serve the new influx of people who find themselves turning away from traditional mental health therapy. The gap between what we know and what we don't about psychedelic therapy. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. A suspect has now been arrested in connection with the shooting of three Palestinian college students in Burlington, Vermont. He's been charged with attempted murder. CNN's Polo Sandoval looks at the shooting that's now being investigated as a possible, a possible hate crime. The Saturday evening shooting of three young Palestinian college students 
Visiting Burlington on their holiday break was one of the most shocking and disturbing events in this city's history. After a shooting in Vermont left three young Palestinian men scarred forever, at least one of them still in critical condition, the suspect now charged with three counts of attempted second-degree murder. 48-year-old Jason Eaton was arraigned in Burlington this morning. He pleaded not guilty and is being held without bail. Upon knocking on one door, uh, the ATF agents were greeted by a man who uh, stepped out of the hall, out of the door towards them with his palms up at waist height and stated something to the effect of, I've been waiting for you. The ATF agents said, why is that? And the gentleman said in some substance, I would like a lawyer. The three victims, each 20 years old, are Hisham Awartani, a student at Brown University in Rhode Island who now has a bullet lodged in his spine. Kinan Abdelhamid, a student at Haverford College in Pennsylvania who was shot in the glute. And Tashin Alid Ahmad, a student at Trinity College in Connecticut, still has a bullet in his chest. They studied together at Ramallah Friends School, a nonprofit Quaker school in the occupied West Bank. Police say the students were walking down the street Saturday evening while visiting one of their relatives for Thanksgiving. They were uh, speaking in a mixture of English and Arabic. Uh, which is, is their want. Two were wearing keffiyehs, uh, and they had no uh, knowledge of this individual, had not encountered him before. He stepped off a porch and produced a firearm and began discharging that firearm. Amid rising reports of targeted violence against Jews and Palestinians since the outbreak of the Israel-Hamas war, the shooting immediately prompted calls it should be considered a hate crime. I believe the families uh, fear that this was motivated by hate, that these boys were, these young men were targeted because the, uh, they were Arabs, uh, that they were wearing kafiyas. Um, I think that is our fear. Federal officials investigating whether it was a hate crime in the eyes of the law. Family of the victims say they thought their loved ones would be safe here. Kenan grew up in the West Bank and we always thought that that could be more of a risk uh, in terms of his safety. And sending him here would be a, you know, uh, the right decision. We feel somehow betrayed in that decision here. And, you know, we're just trying to come to terms with everything. Less than 24 hours after recovering a weapon from inside the suspect's home, which you see behind me, investigators have been able to establish ballistic links between that weapon and the casings that were recovered here on the street where the shooting happened. Well, if the next step for prosecutors establish a motive, without a doubt, with three young innocent men in the hospital, this was a hateful attack, as prosecutors said today. But the challenge will be proving that this was a hate-motivated attack, and that is very difficult in court, according to prosecutors. Well, Polo Sandoval reporting for us. Thank you, Polo, for that good, excellent report. And coming up, controversial tech billionaire Elon Musk visits here in Israel. As he and the social media platform he owns are under a lot of fire right now for anti-Semitic content. Tech billionaire Elon Musk met with Israeli leaders here today as he tries to quell the backlash over his endorsement of an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory on X his social media platform formerly known as Twitter. Ryan Todd has the story. It was when the terrorists infiltrated into the kibbutz itself. 
Wearing a flak jacket and walking alongside Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, Elon Musk, the billionaire owner of the X platform, tours a kibbutz in southern Israel that was targeted by Hamas on October 7th. The kibbutz is the home of four-year-old American dual citizen Abigail Edan, whose parents were murdered that day and who just was released by Hamas. Musk looks at bullet holes in a ceiling capture some images with his cell phone. Musk said Hamas needs to be neutralized and spoke of the need to combat hateful propaganda. We have to do whatever, we, whatever is necessary to uh, stop the... I mean, essentially, these, these, these people have been fed propaganda since they were children. Musk's trip to Israel comes less than two weeks after he publicly agreed with an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory posted on X. A user accused Jewish communities of, quote, pushing dialectical hatred against whites. Musk responded, quote, you have said the actual truth. Now observers say he's in damage control mode. Going to Israel and meeting with the prime minister in the middle of a crisis is a very high profile way to try to cauterize the problem that he's been having. That problem? An exodus of advertisers from X since his tweet on that anti-Semitic theory. Huge brands like IBM, Disney, Paramount, and CNN's parent company Warner Brothers Discovery all suspending their ads on X. Will this visit cure everything? No. But I do think that it will show his critics that he's in the game. It will show advertisers that uh, he is not uh, yet defeated. Musk was scolded by Israeli President Isaac Herzog about the content on X. Under the platforms which you lead, Unfortunately, there's a harboring of a lot of old hate, which is Jew hate, which is anti-Semitism. Esther Solomon, editor-in-chief of the left-leaning newspaper Haaretz in Israel, posted on Musk's own platform that Musk is a, quote, blatant anti-Semite who should be persona non grata in Israel, and said of Musk and Netanyahu, quote, profane, venal, bilious, both of them. Another editor, more sympathetic to Netanyahu, asked whether Musk's visit will produce results. The proof will be in the pudding. We'll have to see what happens on his platform, which indeed has been turned into a platform for all sorts of hate, targeting a variety of groups, but perhaps most prominently anti-Semitism. Since that controversial tweet, Elon Musk has said that any claims that he is anti-Semitic couldn't be further from the truth. He's also disputed reports from anti-hate groups that there's been an overall increase of hate speech on X over the past year. Wolf? Brian Todd reporting for us. Brian, thanks very much, and we'll be right back. As newly freed hostages arrive at Israeli hospitals, we want to take a closer look right now at the eight children and three adult women released from Gaza today. They include Eitan Yahalomi, age 12, Sharon Cunho, age 34, Emma Cunho, three, Yuli Cunho, also three, they're twins, Karina Engel, 51, Mika Engel, 18, Yuval Engel, 11, Sachar Calderon, 16, Erez Calderon, 12, Or Yaakov, 16, Yakil Yaakov, 13. We're so glad they are all coming home. And to our viewers, thanks very much for watching. Aaron Burnett out front starts right now. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store.
And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 Smart Bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So, you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.